podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's about what teams to bet on. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you should check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy. When you win, they pay. You can do in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to 1000 bucks. If you use our promo code BOYS, that's BOYS, capital B-O-Y-S, visit MyBookie today. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. We're hanging out in our one of our new homes, Center Block Brewery, and we have a special guest with us, Mr. Brogan Berry. Future Dr. Brogan Berry. It's his second appearance on the pod, and uh, this is the first time we're going to do this in person, but you now are the second ever recipient of the recurring guest, <laughs> Bosco's Boys koozies. Well, fellas, I feel special. <laughs> Get to see your faces for the first times ever, and... Let me tell you, these koozies, they will be put to good use in the east side <laughs> parking lot, that's for sure. That is perfect. Speaking of the east side parking lot, we're going to put a little bit of a plug out there. Remember, it is the east side spot 119 for the first annual Bosco's Boys tailgate for the UTSA mm. game. I repeat, 119. We're going to have some beer, and if we're lucky, Brogan might grace us with his presence at that game. I plan on being there. So. Boom. There we oh go. Oh, my gosh. That's huge news. That is huge, huge news. news. Scott, tell us about the beer of the pod. Yeah. I'm not drinking because I'm too hungover from my birthday celebration, but you're the only one drinking, so tell us what you got. First off, happy birthday to Grant. He is our co-host. He is our, our co-founder. Very happy birthday to you. It's your Jordy year, number 27. This is the Lusu Sour. Um, it's pretty good. I think there's some apricots in it. Not really sure, but it's quite delicious. Um but that's the beer of the pod. We're Sounds good. I might have to get one. Yeah, I mean, and my, my tab's open. If anyone uh, hears this, hopefully it's closed by now, but I have a tab open <laughs> for Grant's birthday, and he didn't even decide to drink. Neither is Brogan. Brogan, do you have a fun weekend that's stopping you from drinking? I sure did. Had a lot of fun at the Ozarks with a bunch of great pals. You know, I might be like Grant and get some hair of the dog that bit me, but uh, for now, uh, just... <laughs> some high-quality H2O. I'm just, I'm just drunk on life with you fellas here, so... <laughs> Well, that's perfect. Um, so, a little behind the curtains, due to uh, Grant having to save lives all day on Tuesday, the day we typically like to tape, we're about to take a little break here, and you're going to hear me cutting in from the future, giving you a rundown of some of the K-State news. We'll touch on Bill Snyder's press conference. We'll talk a little volleyball and soccer. Then we're going to kick it to one of our Mississippi State friends doing their primer, and then Matt Hall from KSO doing the K-State primer. When you hear us come back, we'll be diving into the Ask Bosco questions. So you want me to stop recording now? Yeah, probably. Okay. 
This is Scott Wildcat, and I'm here to give you a quick rundown of what's been going on with the volleyball and soccer team and address some Big 12 awards and talk a little bit about Bill Snyder's press conference this week. We'll start off with volleyball. They went 2-1 and one out in St. Louis playing the Marsha E. Hamilton Classic. They dropped the match versus Marquette but brought up big wins versus St. Louis and Western Kentucky. As I'm taping this, the Volleycats are getting ready to play in their home opener versus Missouri State. If you're wanting to get out and watch the Volleycats, it's a big Wildcat weekend as they start the K-State Invitational. The Cats are playing North Texas at noon and then Oregon State at 7.30. Both those games in Hearn Fieldhouse on Friday. Then they cap off the Wildcat weekend on Saturday at 6 p.m. taking on Omaha. They will be playing in Kansas City for all you KC Cats next Tuesday, the 11th versus UMKC, before they fly up to Minneapolis for the Gopher Fall Classic. Dabini and the lady soccer team had their first loss of the season, came at the hands of number 9 Santa Clara. Before they came back to Kansas, they did have a nil-nil draw at San Jose. Along with volleyball playing home games on Friday, the Dabini's soccer cats are taking on UMKC. That kicks off at 6 p.m., and if you're going to be in attendance, be sure to know it's the Cats for Cans soccer game. If you can't make it, the game will be on kstatehd.tv and Facebook. After the game, the Cats will travel to Big Ten Foe, Indiana. That game is at 1 p.m. and it will be on Big Ten Network Plus on Sunday. We had two Big 12 award winners this week as Isaiah Zuber took home the honor for Big 12 Football Special Teams Player of the Week and Sarah Dixon won honors as Big 12 Volleyball Offensive Player of the Week. Bill Snyder's press conference had a couple highlights. He compared Nick Fitzgerald to Colin Klein a handful of times. He also said that both quarterbacks will play quite a bit on Saturday despite both making mistakes and doing good things on Saturday. He also said that in his perfect world, the QB battle would have been decided two weeks ago. He attributed all coordinator hangups to just growing pains, and he heaped tons of praise on Mississippi State's defensive and offensive line. The highlight, though, probably came when he called Blake Lynch a super midget. That sure caught everyone off guard. I know I laughed when I heard it and had to replay it a couple times. He also confirmed Isaiah Harris will be able to play versus Mississippi State. The final thing we'll touch on are K-State players that made NFL rosters. Dante Barnett, he started off as a wide receiver at K-State, evolved into an NFL defensive back after spending time on a practice squad last year and originally signing to the practice squad of Atlanta this year. Just today, he got upgraded to a full 53 active roster spot. B.J. Finney has signed on. He will stay at Pittsburgh. Manuel Lemure will be playing linebacker for Oakland. Elijah Lee and D.J. Reed will be at San Francisco. D.J. Reed, who played cornerback at K-State, is showing up on the depth chart as a safety and kickoff returner. Tyler Lockett just inked that new big extension at Seattle. K-State wide receiver Byron Pringle has been put on IR and will be on that designation all year for your Kansas City Chiefs. Darren Sproles is giving it one more go in Philly. Cody Whitehair is currently in Chicago. And sack master Jordan Willis is in Cincinnati. Maddie McCrane was cut by Arizona, but as we speak, he is currently working out for a spot with the New York Jets. 
And finally, Wildcat great Terrence Newman has retired after a 15-year career and has immediately joined the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff. So be on the lookout for all those Wildcats this year in the NFL. Hi, this is Justin Strawn from Maroon and White Nation, a fan-sided site that covers Mississippi State. I also host a podcast on Bulldog Sports Radio called It's Always Sunny in Starkville. You can catch it on the Bulldog Sports Radio app every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm here to give you your primer for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mississippi State is entering the week against Kansas State with a huge 63-6 win over the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. It was the first game of the Joe Moorhead era. We don't know how much we learned from the Joe Moorhead era simply because Nick Fitzgerald, the starting quarterback for the Bulldogs, did not play in this game. He was suspended due to a violation of team rules back in March, so we are still waiting to see how Nick Fitzgerald has recovered from that gruesome injury during the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night in 2017 and just how he is adapting to the new Joe Moorhead offense. His backup, Keaton Thompson, had a really good game, even if it was a bit inconsistent. He went 13-31, for 3-5 for touchdowns, and rushed for two more. So the offense definitely looked good. Like I said, it had some inconsistency problems, but for the most part, it was what we had hoped for when we watched the Joe Moorhead offense take the field for the first time as a Mississippi State Bulldog head coach. Obviously, the top strength of this team is its defensive line. It has two potential first-rounders in Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat anchoring the defensive line, but they can go three deep onto their defensive line and still get really good, solid production. That is what Kansas State is going to have to slow down if they want to have any chance at beating Mississippi State this Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas. The weakness is the corner play. Uh, Mississippi State doesn't have just the best corners in the world out there covering the wide receivers. The question for Mississippi State fans and for Kansas State fans as they go into this matchup will be if Kansas State has the weapons and has the tools to exploit that weakness for the Bulldogs. They'll also have to deal with that defensive line trying to get into the face of the Kansas State quarterback. So that will be a thing to watch for Kansas State fans and Mississippi State fans as the game plays out this Saturday. Obviously, the key player on each side of the ball, we want to see what Nick Fitzgerald can do. Can he rebound from the injury? Can he show that he is more accurate than he was a year ago? How has he grasped the Joe Moorhead offense so far? That's what we're going to be looking at on the offensive side for Mississippi State. On the defensive side, there is no bigger key component for the defense on Mississippi State than Jeffrey Simmons. He is what makes the entire defense go. If It takes three or four players for Kansas State to slow down Jeffrey Simmons. It's going to open up things for everybody else on that defensive line, which is really solid, which they're all really solid on their own right. So it's going to be a difficult challenge for Kansas State to try to contain him and keep him and Montez Sweat and Gary Green and Corey Thomas and the rest of the defensive line from not making plays in the backfield for the Bulldogs. If Mississippi State is going to win against Kansas State, then they are going to have to do it with a more accurate passing game from their quarterback. Obviously, we want to see if Nick Fitzgerald can do that. And they'll also need a dynamic running game. There was a pretty clear ultimatum from Joe Moorhead based off of the way that Keaton Thompson was throwing in the game on Saturday against Stephen F. Austin to throw the ball down the football field, to take chances and try to get big plays in the passing game. Nick Fitzgerald will need to be more successful, at least more consistent, let me say that, than Keaton Thompson was. And they'll also need to establish their dynamic running game. Mississippi State was one of the best rushing teams in the SEC and in the country last year. They need to be able to establish that running game and probably get more 
closely grounded to what they do there on the rushing side of the football. So that is my keys, and that is my Mississippi State primer. Like I said, you can catch me on maroonwhitenation.com, and you can catch my podcast on Bulldog Sports Radio every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can follow me on Twitter at Justin underscore M underscore Strawn, S-T-R-A-W-N. My name is Matt Hall. I am the managing editor for K-State Online and a bonehead myself. So I'm really excited to be here to talk about K-State's game against Mississippi State. Um, you know, both teams are 1-0 coming into this game. You guys, most at least, you know, the Kansas State fans all saw K-State play. Struggled a lot in the season opener, a 27-24 win over South Dakota. It took a 15-0 fourth quarter effort from the Wildcats to get that win after being down 24-12 at halftime and, of course, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, special teams really ruled the day for K-State, of course. Blake Lynch made all four of his field goal tries. Isaiah Zuber had a punt return for a touchdown. Duke Shelley had a punt return for a touchdown called back by penalty. Andrew Hicks in his first game as punter averaged just over 42 yards a punt. So a unit that a lot of us had a lot of questions about coming into the season was really good in the opener and probably gave K-State the win against an FCS opponent that uh, a lot of K-State fans, of course, feel like the Wildcats should have handled. Um, as far as the opponent, Mississippi State, they're also 1-0. Much less trouble scoring over 60 points in their first game. Starting quarterback Nick Fitzgerald did not play for disciplinary reasons, but they were fine. The backup had over 400 yards of total offense and seven touchdowns. But Fitzgerald will still play this week for Mississippi State and is is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. I think K-State's pretty healthy going into this game. Um, I do have concerns about tight end Nick Lenners and his availability. Uh, Still don't expect to see Mike McCoy really at any time, but especially not this week. I think otherwise, though, both teams are, are pretty healthy. Um, I think the biggest strength for K-State right now is two things. I think it is the special teams, which looked as good as ever in week one in that win against South Dakota. And I tend to think the defensive line for K-State was pretty good. Um, they didn't make a bunch of game-changing plays, but as a group that was able to get pressure with just four people um, and overall did pretty well. South Dakota didn't have really any success running the football outside of maybe one play. So I think that group was a strength for K-State. We expected the offensive line and running game to be a strength. It still could be, but it was not in week one. Um, as far as the Mississippi State side, um, probably the strengths you expected. It is a defensive line that's full of NFL talent. will probably be the best group. Not probably. It'll be the best defensive line K-State plays all year and will cause potentially all sorts of problems for an offensive line that, that struggled in the opener. Um, aside from that, it is the versatility of Fitzgerald at quarterback. He's a guy who's going to remind you a lot of Colin Klein. Um, Probably a little more explosive as a runner. Doesn't mean he's a better player. I don't think he is as good of a player as Colin Klein was. But he's going to remind you of him and and cause some similar problems. I think a key player for K-State on each side of the ball at quarterback is Skylar Thompson. I think will be a key player. I believe he'll get most of the snaps. And I think for K-State to win, they'll need a, a big, big game from him. On the flip side, probably Daquan Patton. And going back and rewatching the game, uh, on defense, he was great in pass coverage and was typically in the right spot. So you combine, you know, the knowledge of knowing where to be with, uh, you know, the athleticism he has. And I think he's going to be a key player against the Mississippi State offense that will try to hurt you really all over the field, but with a lot of big plays on the ground. Um, I think on the flip side, it'd be Fitzgerald from Mississippi State, and then you could pick a number of their defensive linemen who'd be key players. I think the aspect of the game most important for K-State to win is getting – a better performance from its offensive line. 
Uh, I know I've said it a few times, and I hate being repetitive, but I think this Mississippi State front seven is going to be the best K-State sees all year. It's one of the best five groups probably in all of college football. And K-State's going to have to have a great effort from that group up front to stay competitive in this game, whether that's finding room on the ground for Alex Barnes or even Dalvin Warmack or the quarterbacks in the QB run game or simply protecting protecting Skylar Thompson. Um, I think that's going to be really, really key. If I were going to go with a second one, I would be tempted to say the play of K-State's receivers. They didn't get a ton of separation against South Dakota. I think Schoen and Zuber were better than I initially thought when I rewatched the game, but they didn't get a bunch of separation. This will be a much better defense than they saw last week. You know, that's a the understatement of the year. And if that group can't get separation, it won't matter how well Skylar Thompson plays or if the offensive line blocks better. Um, going against the secondary. Uh, Mississippi State's a great opponent. It'll be a great atmosphere at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I'm sure. As bad as K-State played last week, I would be surprised if they repeated that effort and didn't give a much better performance this week against the Bulldogs. Uh, Really appreciate you guys, the Bosco boys, having me on the show. Um, Grant and Scott are great people. I'm going to rant about it here for a while. Just really appreciate the effort they've put in all year uh, coming into this season in the, the fun they've created for the people who get a chance to listen to the show. So Matt Hall again from K-State Online. That's my thoughts on this week's matchup between K-State and Mississippi State. Thanks again to Matt Hall for doing our K-State primer. Now we're going to get into our Ask Bosco questions. Yep, coming from the Boneheads, the best fans in all the world. And, uh, you know, we have, well, we'll go Grant, then uh, Bonehead himself, Brogan, then I'll also answer all of these. The first one comes from longtime listener, Roly Poly Coley, he asks, what can we expect this K-State team to do to come out with a W against a very strong MSU team? I'm expecting the spread to be around 20-point favorites for Mississippi State. For the record, the last line I saw was Mississippi State 10.5. Someone was saying they saw it open up at 5.5, so that's a lot of movement to be expected. Um, It went from 5 to about 9.5 in an hour. Yeah, I mean, that says a lot. So. We'll start Grant, and then we'll move it to Brogan, then I'll try to come up with it. So, I mean, what can we do to get a win? How much time do you have? I mean, uh, you we know, could, we, we want we to keep go this on un- and on we about keep this under all the stuff hour, we need so. to do. I mean, not even really getting into too many specifics. We need to limit our mistakes. We've got to give ourselves an, a chance. I mean, you saw how small of a margin of error we have. Very small. We, cannot do, we can't afford to do that against the elite teams. Don't let Fitzgerald get comfortable running. I mean, we need to keep an eye on him, keep him bottled up, at least in the run game. I don't know. I think we'll do all right against the designed runs, but we seem to struggle so badly with, like, when, the, when things break down. Yep. When a quarterback can run, it just absolutely kills us. Um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. I'll let, I'll let Brogan take take over. Yeah, Brogan. He'll probably keep going. But. Yeah, Brogan, tell us that, and then also tell us, you know, what's what's the feeling inside the locker room after coming off Granted, it was a win, but a disappointing performance going into the biggest non-con opponent since that Auburn game. Yeah, uh, definitely been a part of a lot of games where, you know, as you're walking up the field, you know Coach Snyder's about to uh, lay India a little bit. So what we would always try to do is we'd start spreading the word as we're running. You know, people had their heads down, but it's like, hey, let's, let's pretend like we won the Super Bowl here for like a quick second and then actually enjoy the win before, you know, it kind of gets knocked down. But... I think the biggest thing will just be uh, those two coordinators getting more comfortable in their situations and then just throwing the first punch is going to be so big. Get get confident, get rolling, and then just go from there. Yeah, so we're going to touch on a lot of this in the keys to V, so I'm not going to, spoiler alert, you know, take any of those away. But I do, I do want to say uh, 
I think Vegas, when it's all said and done, it actually truly might get close to that 20-point mark. I think a big thing might be inside that locker room. Bro, you can tell me whether or not this is a thing or something fans make up, but time to play the disrespect card. I know K-State fans love doing the chip on the shoulder. Media hates us. Vegas hates us. Everyone hates us. Uh, you let me know. Is that something you guys talk about in the locker room? Yeah, there's definitely, you know, everybody says bulletin board material, and they do put up a little bit of stuff like that. Mostly it's more just schemes and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a bunch of 18- to 22-year-old guys who are on Twitter and Facebook and everything, and they, they see what people say. So it's there, but it might not be extremely vital. But, at the, you know, you're playing for pride, but you feel it. Good deal, good deal. Um, this is our first ever question that came from Facebook. Brett from the K-State Family Facebook page, he says, it looked like we ran the exact same five plays over and over again on Saturday. What will the offense have to do to keep up with Mississippi State? I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I wasn't super fussed about the play call, honestly. Um, you know, it's game one against an FCS, oppo FCS opponent, and we should have been able to run the same five plays probably anyways and find success. So I just think it's <laughs> more from really player execution is what needs to improve in game two. You know we're going to open the playbook up. Far more than that's pretty typical of game one, but you know, we were never going to show anything, anyways. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think they called a bad game, particularly. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't either. Um, Rogan, can you is it truly like only five plays? Is it so <laughs> vanilla when we play those games, or what does a game plan versus an FCS opponent actually look like from the player perspective? Uh, no, I mean, you it's obviously very detailed. Uh, I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not speaking to the mic, Brogan. Um, I, I, I'm sure that there wasn't as much install into it, and you know, you obviously save a few schemes for opponents that you're, you've had more preparation on. But at the end of the day, they've been watching film on South Dakota all summer and working on it. So, it, it's like Grant said, probably a big execution thing. But that first game jitters and everything, level those out, and hopefully, they everybody's more comfortable. Yeah, you know, I, I actually I, – I don't actually know if I agree that there's only about five place calls. Granted, you know, in the first half, you know, everything was getting blown up so early, so I don't really even know how you can make any heads or tails of the play calls. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see the playbook open up. I'm, I'm hoping for that behind-the-back option that Chris Harper tried to run versus Miami at home. I, I'm hoping someone can run that <laughs> to perfection and uh, we, we can redeem that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of going off that. Sorry to interject, no. but the I think a lot of things too is it might have been similar plays, but so many li minor details make it completely different. And even formations, they might have been running the same play off of a different formation, but on on film, you might they might have seen a different look, and that's why what might have led to it. So very well could have been, but at the same time, there's a lot of different looks that I think they anticipated. And I think that's a lot of stuff that fans don't realize. I'm glad that you said that because just especially from a defensive perspective, mm -hmm. you see one formation, you see you know the guard block down instead of pull. That makes all the difference in the world. So to a layman, it may look just like oh, there's Alex yeah. Barnes off tackle again, but in all reality, it might be a totally different play. Absolutely. So we'll get into – we got two more kind of fun questions before we get into some of the keys to be. Longtime bonehead at Mike Murray KS. 
he asked us, were we satisfied with Saturday's pregame show? And is there anything we would add or subtract to get the crowd going? Grant and I will do this, and then I'm, I have a you know a question to bounce off of that to go to Brogan since he actually has been the only one of us three to run out of the tunnel. I honestly, you know, I don't have much to add to this. I could talk about what I want the pregame to look like, but you know, I didn't get in until about ten till kickoff because I forgot how heinous that security line can be. So next week I'm probably going to get in about forty five minutes early so I can see see what it's going to be like but how, how different was it so was it wasn't really? very different the only thing that they really changed from my perspective was the new video that they showed right before kickoff Did see that and that and that was all right we've 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 bad stuff around back and forth um i hate wildcat march it <laughs> sucked just as much this year as it has every year and what i would love to see when we play mississippi state and this would work when we played the texas schools as well and then when vanderbilt shows up next year ditch wildcat march and play the battle hymn of the republic all these sec and southern schools love to throw in little songs that the south played during the civil war i think it's about time the northern schools started giving the middle finger to those slaving assholes and let them know who won that damn war it was us so let's play the battle hymn of the republic get dixie out of here get blue bonnet of texas out of here get all those confederate songs out of here and start fighting back with our own little thing i think that would be something fun and it would allow the band to still have the exact same amount of time in a perfect world you ditch wildcat march you give two minutes to do a bring back the willy skit or something fun or just play oops i did it again by britney spears and let the band stand there while the crowd goes nuts instead i'd be all for that yeah so that's what i would do uh brogan We'll, we'll, we'll throw it to you since it's been a while since you've been in the stadium as a fan. You'll be making your you know, first fan experience in quite a few years this upcoming Saturday. But from a player perspective, you know, how much of the like, Snyder music and how much of the pregame routine do, does, does it really make an effect on you guys? And is there a spot outside of Bill Snyder Family Sam that you just got super pumped by how they did their pregame production as an away player? Uh, I think Oklahoma State has a pretty good pregame playlist, and uh, Vanderbilt had a good play- playlist last year. Uh, Texas usually does too. But, yeah, I think it does kind of have an effect, but in some ways it kind of is a benefit we've talked about. You know, when a TCU comes in for an 11 o'clock game and they're listening to The Secret of My Success <laughs> by whoever from – when my dad was in college, and they you kind of lull them to sleep a little bit, and that makes it easier to – kind of come out early and throw a first punch against somebody but I don't know I I personally don't like the playlist too much especially because we used to play it at practice every single day so oh woof yeah so <laughs> so I'm guessing you could re, you could do Queen's one vision word for word if you had to oh absolutely <laughs> oh man and are, are you excited to take in the pregame as a fan rest of the season yeah it's gonna be something completely different and Something that I am looking forward to. Definitely looking forward to. Uh, I've heard urban legends of the tailgates, so want to <laughs> experience that. And then, honestly, it has been five years since I've been to a K State game sitting in the stands, so it's going to be a lot of fun. That will be a lot of fun. And then, speaking of knowing words to songs word for word, SL Keck, who is maybe the best bonehead when it comes to asking questions, he asked, "What are Bill Snyder and Bruce Weber's go-to?" 
karaoke songs. I, I, I need you to answer this. I was I was hungover <laughs> and I was like trying to think of something funny earlier, and I was just like, I left this one blank. So well, I do think Bill Snyder is One Vision by Queen. You know, it's very early in the pregame playlist once the players are starting to come out. I could just see him, you know, him and Sean just like in the trophy room and that song comes on <laughs> in the background and he just starts rocking out and Sean starts rolling his eyes and he's like, oh, there goes dad again singing that stupid song. Um, and then I think Bruce, you know, in honor of, you know, the passing of the Queen of Soul is R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect. Because, mm. you know, Bruce wants some of that respect. Brogan? What do you think the karaoke songs for the two coaches are? Well, if you go, if you're going early in the playlist, you got to go the first song on the playlist, and that's uh, "Beautiful Day" by U2. Oh, th- that is true. So that is the think, very first one. I think that probably might be one for Bill. You know, honestly, I have no idea about anything <laughs> about Bruce Weber. So I feel like Bruce would be wearing like he, he would be like some glam rock band. I can just see him wearing like that flamboyant, <laughs> like those tights and a big wig. I don't know. I just see Bruce doing that, crushing some glam rock song. <laughs> Some Bowie or something. Some Bowie. Uh, Bruce Weber doing Bowie. That's a fun. I don't know. That's a fun visual to have. Um, well, those were our Ask Bosco questions. You know, folks, remember to get your questions in starting right after the Mississippi State game. We'll start taking questions for our review pod and then the UTSA preview pod. So be sure to get in there. Use the hashtag Ask Bosco. But now we're going to get into those four keys to V. And then if Brogan is uh, nice enough, he might grace us with some bonus keys to victory. We're going to kick it off, as always, with Grant. Give us our number one key to V. Offensive line has got to be better. Um, if we have any semblance of a chance of beating Mississippi State, we've got to see a tenfold improvement from last week um, from our super highly graded line. I think that means, you know, a lot of things, cutting out those stupid mistakes. Early establishment of a run game, got to give our backs a chance. Um, give Skyler time to pass if it is Skyler. Uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have their hands full with one of the best lines in the country, but I mean, we're going to have to see, they're going to have to fulfill their potential next week. Brogan, is there anything different that happens at practice when they're go- when a squad is going to go up against one of the most elite units, or is practice no matter who you're playing quite you know same week after week? Uh, more in Big Twelve, it's kind of the same week to week, so you kind of know what to expect, and it's all obviously a very high level of play every single week. But uh, the non-conference games are definitely the ones that everybody kind of gets fired up for because that's all you talk about all summer and it's something new and it's new film to watch and new atmospheres to take in if you're going on the road so yeah it it definitely kind of amps up a little bit more because I remember before the Auburn game you, you could just tell it was wired like all week and even on campus so I hope hope that same situation is going everybody really has a great week and is ready to go Yep, and if the O-line has a great week, I think, you know, that could be the difference between this being a close game or it might get ugly. Um, my number my number one and the number two for this entire thing is don't let Nick Fitzgerald get rolling. This is going to be his first game since, quite frankly, one of the ugliest, most gruesome ankle injuries I've seen in my life. Um, if you want to lose your lunch, folks, if you're on a diet like I probably should be, <laughs> go back and watch the clip of Nick Fitzgerald just basically losing his ankle versus Ole Miss, and, yeah, it's gross. Uh, sorry, I'll move on from that. But this is going to be his first game. He was suspended last week. If you can never let him get comfortable, if you can make sure that he never gets into a rhythm, if you start hitting him, I'd almost, I'm almost to the point, and I don't endorse targeting. I don't endorse, you know, 
<laughs> nasty play. But if, if 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 someone decided to hit him a split second late early in that game, that might throw him off his equilibrium for the rest of that game. And I think that could be big. Yes, their backup had a big game last week, but he was not an efficient passer, and he was a volume runner. So I think if you could get Nick Fitzgerald, you know, uncomfortable back there, that would be massive. Yes, I 100% agree. Cannot get him. Cannot let him get started at what all. What we need is Brogan to sneak out onto the field during warmups and just roll up on that bad ankle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> if we're gonna you know, have anyone you, do it, we'll have you know Greg Hauser do it. If you see a, a, a rogue 18 <laughs> with no name on the back, you know, might be might, might have been paid off by Scott. Oh yeah, you know, I I have that. Uh, you know, secret day job money that I might be able to pay a mercenary for. Um, Grant, what's number three for you? My third, well, second and third to overall is protect the ball. Um, we've seen over time, and we saw last week how terrible we can be when we're turning the ball over. K State type of team that has a really, really, really small var- margin of error. So, you know, if we don't protect the ball next Saturday, this Saturday, I guess, we will probably lose by 20 plus. Um, People are always talking about how K-State are sound and they don't beat themselves. Well, it's time to put our money where our mouths are and actually, you know, play that game, fulfill that that narrative. Well, and here's the thing. I went back and I read the entire game log. I tried to watch some highlights. The entire narrative, like how that game went would have been so different if you just get rid of those four turnovers. If everything else stays the same, you get rid of those four turnovers – Everything is different because South Dakota probably only scores around 10 points. We probably have at least 10 or 13 more points. If all of a sudden it's a, you know, a 26-point victory instead of a three, everyone's going into this Mississippi State game super jazzed instead of being a little worried like we are. Um, I think that has to be key, and I think we need to turn – them over a time or two let's win the turnover battle and then that might give us a shot to you know walk out of there with the upset yeah we're already minus four (laughs) yeah minus four for the year that's that's not good is there so take us inside of practice when it comes to you know being a ball hawk on defense and then ball protection on offense Mm -hmm. how much is that just drilled into you guys from day one yeah, it's something that we start uh, practice with every time when we go to defense. Uh, we have a turnover drill before you really do anything else. So it's attempted to get drained into you and then or drilled into you. But on offense, it's just more of a punishment for messing up right. on the reverse of that. Let us see behind the curtain what's a punishment that someone might get if they turn over the ball. A lot, a lot of up-downs and, and a stern look and a drop of the head from Bill. So. That's when you know you're in trouble. That's when you know. Alex you're in is going to be sore. Yeah, his, he's going to be real sore. His body's going to be sore from all those up downs. Um, number four, the final of the traditional four keys of E for me, the crowd has to be ruckus. We have been talking about this since about April. We've been saying we need an elite crowd for this game. We need to bring the noise. We need to bring hostility. We have to, you know, see it from the students, from the blue hairs over on the west side, from the families in the north, from the people who don't want to pay a donation in the south. We need to see just craziness. I want to see people throwing stuff onto the field, plastic <laughs> stuff. I'm not encouraging assault, but throw stuff on throw a bottle, a Coke bottle on the field. Start John with the Mississippi State players when they come out of there. Get up, get get out there early, start going nuts in the parking lot, 
and let's make it a crazy atmosphere. I do have a sub point out there because I've seen a lot of people on the internet saying, oh, I'm in a white section, I'm going to wear purple. Don't be stupid, folks. Stripe outs look really cool. Wear the correct shirt. Yeah, Buy I mean, a $5 God, t-shirt. Like, what, is it really that bad wearing a white K-State shirt? Jesus. Yeah, it, just get a stylish polo or a white t-shirt. It's going to be fine. Let's just make this place I just think it will crazy. be. I, I mean, I think it will be. I hope don't let, you know... Last week's game or the eleven a.m. Don't feelings. I mean, don't, don't let it get in the way. I remember the Miami game, our sophomore year when they came to town. It was an eleven a.m. game. Hell, even the UCLA game, our freshman year, was yeah. an early game. There was elite crowds back then. Let's bring it back. The students did a good job. Granted, they had a whole section taken away from them, so I was hoping it would be a little bit better. But they did a good job. The old people did a good job. Let's let's just get crazy. There's tickets out there still for sale from K-State. Let's make sure it's a sellout. And if you're listening to this, buy something on the secondary market. Show up. Send us our tweets from the game. If, if someone wants to shoot us a picture of just you going crazy in the stadium, who knows? Maybe I'll send you a koozie. We'll find out. So those are our four keys to V, but we want to give Brogan an open mic. He's been in the locker room. He's seen game planning at its finest. Brogan, in your opinion, what does this team have to do to pull off what might be a double-digit upset when it's all said and done? Uh, I'd say <laughs> – I like the bold prediction. Uh, but on defense, the quickest thing would be to stop the run early, make them one-dimensional, and uh, make it easier to – guess what's coming your way and then just uh biggest thing is just letting those two coordinators get comfortable and getting to into their own game plan and uh just having everybody come out jazzed up and you know it's gonna be at least i hope it will be. the 11 o'clock game does make it a little bit difficult but i hope that people will will I'm, come out I'm like only, you said. mainly worried about weather i mean i think yeah. if it's okay if it's not like you know just torrential downpour I think it's going to be pretty darn good atmosphere, but yeah, and absolutely. That, and that brings us to the next point: the super early storm cast. There's a uh, tropical storm that might turn into a hurricane. Looks like it's going to be hitting, you know, either Florida or the Gulf. But every single storm projection does show it arriving over Kansas on Saturday. We lived through quite a few rain delays last year. Uh, all of us know how fans deal with it. Brogan, what is it like from the player perspective of some of these super long rain delays? How does it affect you guys? And what are you doing in the locker room for, you know, sometimes upwards of two hours? Yeah, sometimes it can be pretty painful because uh, they take our phones away on Friday nights. So you're just sitting there just pulling your hair out extremely bored. Luckily, I was able to hack onto the in-stadium Wi-Fi on my iPad and Nice. I'd, I'd check out the Doppler radar about every ten minutes, hoping that it would clear up. Like the Mississippi or the Missouri State game uh, two years ago, just absolute torture. And the biggest thing to do is take off your shoulder pads and use them as a pillow, and then just get comfy because there's really not much happening. Yeah. Oh my and god, TCU last year was abominable. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah. I, was I went by myself and I, like was just standing in the parking lot for three hours. And I was like, why am I still here? I yeah, almost I felt, left. Finally get into the game, yeah. and then it gets delayed again. Yeah, and, and I believe the TCU, we were lined up for the kickoff. Yeah. Everything was about ready to go, and then boop. Yeah. And yeah. then that turned into Crazy. what ended up being close to a three-hour delay. Uh, so that that that's just not fun at all. Uh, we'll hope everything <clears throat> changes and uh, we don't have to deal with that. But after our keys to V. I have one thing I oh, want to say, whoa, and if the coaches whoa. were listening right now, give the keys to Skylar Thompson. This is his team. 
that would be a key to V that I, if I wanted to add one, we got QB1, it should be Skylar Thompson. Well, Give the keys to Skylar and let him, let him take on Mississippi State. We can talk about that. that that's, I'm glad you brought that up because Bill did say in the Big 12 teleconference that both players were going to have a big role. I know. What does that mean? Grant, we both pounded home the idea of we wanted it to be Skylar in the postgame pod. Brogan, you don't have to choose sides. You played with both of these guys. I'm not asking you to do that. But what type of a toll does it put on a team – not having one guy at quarterback. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's only been one game, but this kind of makes me think of 2013 when it was going uh, back and forth between D. Sams and Jake Waters. And I know that you guys are D. Sams truthers. I'm a, I'm a Jake <laughs> Waters defender. I love them both. Um, I really do. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they're both great guys and uh, both really special talents. It's tough to – but that's – I mean, it's very similar, and I, the styles really play into that, but – just one of those things where neither guy can get comfortable and you're always walking on eggshells wondering if you're going to get that quick yank. So it does take a toll because it's really good going into a season knowing, like, this is our leader, this is our guy, this is somebody who we can get behind and follow. So God, hearing that just you. makes me, like, more angry that <laughs> we're in the situation we are. It's like Queso made such a great point about the, like, almost like having too many cooks in the kitchen. It's like it even applies to our quarterbacks. It's just – we and can I, never get into a rhythm, it seems like. And I do think that the easy solve is there. And, again, I won't ask you to make any sort of definitive statement, but I think the easy solve is there going with Skyler series in, series out, and then when you see something that you can exploit with Alex, bring him in off the bench almost like a you know a relief pitcher. He has that elite top-end speed, and I think you know I have faith in the coaches that they are smart enough to find a way to use both of them, but I have a feeling we're going to be walking out of Mississippi State. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> tons of boneheads here at uh, Cinderblock wow. Brewery. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, I, I have a feeling we'll be walking out of the same a little frustrated with that. But uh, any other comments before we get into our game predictions? Nope. I think that's pretty much wraps Brogan, up. Brogan, any other call outs? Uh, just, just never know what's happening at practice day in and day out. That kind of goes with the thing of Bill Snyder not being extremely transparent and really letting you know what's going on. But there's just everything's being evaluated and you just never know kind of what's going on behind the scenes, especially in the competitive reps that we take on yeah. mostly Tuesdays and Wednesdays so never know what's going on there I I, I kind of like now that I'm away from the program I kind of want to keep my hands off it and not bug yes. guys and <laughs> no and, and we, we respect that so uh, we will move into our game predictions and as we said all season long this is going to be sponsored by my bookie remember to visit my bookie online that is my bookie m y b o o k i e and don't forget to use the promo code in all caps boys b o y s to receive a deposit matching up to a thousand dollars. That's right. If you're laying down the big bucks, you put in a thousand dollars. Now you have two thousand to play with. You know, I luckily didn't put any money on Texas being back, so I haven't lost anything. But I did win quite a bit of money betting on both. Notre Dame and LSU this weekend on my bookie. So we're going to get into it. Of course, representing the Boneheads this week is going to be the future doctor himself, Brogan Berry. Last week, the Boneheads were repped by Flando from KSO. 
he went seven and three. Grant, he went seven and three. And yours truly went <laughs> seven and three. So after week one, we are in a lockbox. The reason why that only adds up to 10 instead of 11 are those idiots at Iowa State could not even figure out a way to get an official game that they scheduled. You know, we, we like to make fun of Iowa State quite a bit on this podcast, but I need to take one extra second to make fun of them. They had 100% control over this game. They didn't move it up. They didn't reschedule it for Sunday morning. They have no game. They couldn't beat South Dakota State. I think they're actually scared of them and didn't want to play the game. So now Iowa State's going to end up being 5-6 and six and missing out on a bowl because their leadership is incompetent. But we're doing all Big 12 games plus college game day. Every week it's going to be 11 games unless Iowa State does something stupid and can't actually play a game. But we will get this going. The first game, it's coming on Friday. It is the Dallas Metro Jesus Bowl. TCU at SMU. That is from Gerald J. Ford Stadium, 7 p.m. ESPN 2. We will go around the horn. Grant, who do you have? I got the Horn Frogs, TCU. Horn Frogs, TCU. Brogan. Frogs, big. Frogs. I got the frogs as well. Ooh, there we go. Then at noon on Big Boy Fox, coming to you from Memorial Stadium in Oklahoma, the Fighting Kyler Murrays versus UCLA, led by Chip Kelly. Again, that is at noon on Big Boy Fox. Is, is are, are the Sooners going to keep rolling, Grant? Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Not many swing games this this uh, week. I know it's yeah. not. It's We're not gonna have a to, lot It's going to be kind of boring here. I'm going the same. He's got that five million dollars in his pocket, making more than his coach. He's feeling good. I'm going to say Oklahoma, and I'm going to say they win by over forty. Ooh. That's right. Take the over and whatever number they post for Oklahoma. This could be a swing game, maybe not. But we have KU. No. Dead man walking. David Beatty. At the Chippewas up in central Michigan. KU's going in with that very hellishly long road game losing streak. This is on 2 p.m. at Kelly Short Stadium on ESPN+. Plus. You have to pay to watch this game. Grant, are you going to The road game losing streak will be extended. Uh, central Michigan Chippewas. is going to beat KU. Yeah, unfortunately, I have the same thoughts as well. That mentality can't be good after losing a tough game like that. So, Chippewas, Maction. Yeah, I was actually 100% planning on picking KU until they couldn't beat Nichols. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't do it. Um, another one, a pro- maybe another dead man walking coach, Texas Tech hosting Lamar from AT&T Stadium. This is 3 p.m. on FSN. He's got to be dead. Pretty soon. You're right. We might we might be the ones that put the nail in his coffin. I got Tech this week, though, over Lamar. Agreed. Tech. All right. Here – yes, Tech. I'm taking Tech. Here might be the – This is the only real – The This is probably one of the game two here. biggest games in the Big 12 this week. We have the Flood Bowl. The Cyclones are going to Kinnick Stadium to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a battle for all the corn in the world. Does Iowa State beat Iowa, who had a great defensive game in their opener, which they played because they're not idiots? Friends forever. I got Iowa. Whoa, all right. Where's that? Where's that? Oh, it's Kinnick. at Kinnick. Yeah, yeah it's, I got it's Iowa. at Iowa. Waving to all the sick kids. Yeah, I agree totally. I got to tell you guys, uh, watching you guys type 
hate to Iowa State is hilarious, but seeing it live and in colors is even better. <laughs> that is something that I am sad I'll never get to experience. Brogan has gotten to crush the souls of Cyclones. I only can do it behind a keyboard, and then they stalk me on Facebook and get really weird on the internet. I, too, am taking the Hawkeyes in what will be you know, a continuation for a really bad non-conference for the Big 12. The next yeah. one we have... West Virginia hosting Youngstown State, the crying Bo Pelini Penguins from Milan Puskar <laughs> Stadium in the couch-burning capital of the world, Morgantown, West Virginia. We're all going West Virginia, correct? Yes, absolutely. Right, it looked really strong. We're all going West Virginia. Then uh, Baylor is going to face our week three foes, the UTSA Roadrunners. I saw on Twitter that UTSA is and their fans have donated over 10,000 tickets to active military members in the San Antonio area. It's going to be a you know a pretty big camouflage contingent inside the Alamo Dome. It's going. It gets loud in there. It's mm-hmm. a dome. I I went to there. Mm-hmm. I saw us beat them. Um, and Baylor lost to UTSA last year. Does UTSA Ooh. pull off the upset again this year? I got to go with Baylor. UTSA is pretty weak. Um, I think Matt Rule is going to have those boys ready. Um, I got Baylor. Completely agreed. Just keep the train rolling. <laughs> I, I am deathly afraid we're all going to have the same answers. I, too, am going Baylor. I don't like it. I would love our Roadrunner friends to pull off the upset. Uh, but we'll keep going. 7 p.m. FSN Boone Pickens Stadium, Oklahoma State playing South Alabama. I believe they are the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Not sure, but uh, Okie State. Yeah, Okie State as well. That's another sweep. <laughs> then we have Her- Tom Herman. He has to be feeling the hot seat losing to Maryland the second year in a row. He's playing a Tulsa team that likes <laughs> to score points, but. They don't like to play much defense. This is coming to you from DKR, and this is the annual Longhorn Network game. Grant, are you picking the Golden Hurricanes? Texas is absolutely not back, but they're going to bounce back this week. Um, I really regret being convinced that Texas might be back, but what can you do? They could still come back. It's true, I guess, but (laughs) they'll win this week. Yeah, still no losses in the Big 12 yet, but, yeah, I'm going Texas as well. I, too, am going Texas. Uh, It's been a... Clean sweep, everyone's agreed so far. But now we're going to the college game day game. Clemson with Dabo Sweeney, Brent Venables. They are going on the road to take on the Colt Aggies of Texas A&M. In College Station, huh? In College Station, 6 p.m. on ESPN. They're going to be sawing varsity's horns off. They're going to be doing all those weird Aggie yell cheers, farmer fight, all that type of weird stuff. Is that going to be enough to take down the ACC champions? I think it's going to be close, but Clemson. They're too strong. They're just so good. Yeah, I completely agree. I always thought that the Aggie wore him was one of the coolest things that I've seen at the bowl game, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Not enough. In through 10, we are all the same because I, too, am picking Clemson. And here it is. This it's is really the, the game. swing game right this here. This is K-State, Mississippi State. This is the big one. This is the one folks have been talking about since the bowl game ended last year. We are going to start with Grant. Grant, you picked K-State. Against my better judgment, I'm going to be a homer. And and are you going to stick with it? The Cats are going to do it. He sticks with it. Grant is taking the Kansas State fighting wild. I might have a chance to get a game up here, I think. But who knows? What are you guys going to pick? Repping the boneheads. Broganberry. 
boneheads can direct all hateful picks that I've made at me, but I'm going cats all the way. <laughs> Drink. I've drank in the purple Kool-Aid for the past five years, and I am going to continue to hammer it home. I'm going to be one of the biggest K-State homers for the rest of my life, and I'm going cats no matter what, baby. I love it. I love hearing that. Grant picked them. Brogan picked them. I've seen some people on the internet, you know, on the KSO boards pick them. I, too, it, no, I'm picking Mississippi yeah, State. I know. I mean, come, come on, on, folks. I, you know, I love that you guys are drinking the purple Kool-Aid. Anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows I am the more pessimistic of the two. I didn't pick this in the preseason. I sure as hell am not picking it now. I got Mississippi State by 17 points. I, yeah, I know. I, I, I am not happy with what I saw, and I don't think it's going to change. Uh, so that's what I got. Um, we'll go around the horn one more time. Uh, before we sign off, Grant, what do you want to tell the Boneheads? Thanks for listening. Uh, come out to the tailgate in week three. Don't let the rain scare you. Um, we need we got to be insane. You have to be insane. Get there at 7 a.m., start drinking some mimosas and some screwdrivers. Get that alcohol in your blood. I'll be totally detoxed by then. I should be good. <laughs> uh, I'll be ready to go. Just come on, baby. Can we get one? Can we just steal one, please? Can we get one big home win? Brogan, this is your second appearance on Bosco's Boys, the second recurring guest. You and Travis Tannehill, you're in fine company. What do you want to tell the Boneheads? You can tell them literally anything you want. Limit yourself to one to two beers at halftime because they have shortened halftime, and it's really disheartening to come back into a like three-quarters uh, full stadium. So uh, I will not be leaving the stadium this Throwing back to the week. crowd. Don't, don't stay out at halftime too long. It's, it's a big, big momentum part in the third quarter so come on back in but boys appreciate you having me out here it's nice to see your faces for the first times and really appreciate it and brogan i hope we can get you on more throughout the stadium and then when we do some of our fun off-season stuff since you're in kansas city we hope we can get you back on boneheads all i'm going to say is you heard it from brogan they notice uh when you're not coming back in the third quarter you know it's your time it's your leisure time i'm never going to tell you how to spend your dollars but you just heard it from a former cat himself they do notice it let's really just bring all we can to this mississippi state game Let's see if we can make a difference. We caused some penalties late in the game. What do you want? Nothing. We're telling secrets. Oh, that's fine. I'm never involved in the secrets, but that's fine. Uh, But then come back for the UTSA game. We said it at the beginning, spot 119 on the east side. We're going to have some beers. We're going to have some fun. If we're nice to Brogan on the internet, he might come by, and you guys can all get his autograph. So with that, we love you all. Brogan, you started this thing. Uh, sign us off. All right. Happy birthday, Grant. And meet me at the Cathead, Mississippi State. Sports Social Podcast Network.